0: Welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series created specifically for tourism operators. Talking Tourism, the expert series, is the ultimate resource for business owners who want to lift their skills to the next level. If you want to learn how to be a better tourism operator, listen on.
1: Hello and welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series, especially for tourism operators and industry professionals. I'm Luke Martin and I'll be your host for today's episode. Talking Tourism is an initiative of Tourism Industry Council Tasmania, or TICT. TICT is the peak industry body for the tourism industry in the beautiful state of Tasmania. If you are a regular listener to Talking Tourism, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener and enjoys today's episode, remember there are now over 80 Talking Tourism conversations available to download or stream from wherever you access your podcasts or simply off the TICT website, www.tict.com.au. Let's get into today's conversation and I am joined by the CEO of Tourism Tasmania, John Fitzgerald. G'day, John.
0: G'day, Luke. Good to be with you, mate.
1: Now, there would be some listeners who would go, Tourism Industry Council, Tasmania, Tourism Tasmania, what on earth is the difference? And uh, we know that, perhaps that, but we shouldn't take for granted that uh, some of our listeners might not. So, quick overview, what's Tourism Tasmania's role and where do you sit in the grand scheme of things?
0: Well, our main role is to drive demand for visitation to Tasmania. So, I guess, The short answer, Luke, is that you represent the industry and the industry's interests and uh, we're out there promoting Tasmania so that visitors come here. So, that's our primary role. Of course, we do have a broader strategic role working closely with industry, but um, essentially, we're here on behalf of the people of Tasmania to drive the right visitors to come to Tasmania.
1: Yep, absolutely. And if you, looking at your role over the last 12 months, the thing I'm curious to unpack is, You've got an overarching strategy in what you do. And from our perspective, we've always felt that T- Tasmania has been perhaps as leading in the space of actually around defining what we are as a destination as anywhere in the country. But very hard to apply that strategy in the extraordinary disruptions that we're still dealing with. And we're obviously speaking today when you know still half the country is effectively locked out of Tasmania. How have you measured over the last 12, 15 months of COVID the need to be strategic, the need to drive the underpinning... Uh, Drivers of visitation with the need to just be purely tactical.
0: Well, I think the the answer to the short answer to that, Luke, is that we've been determined to remain strategic, quite frankly, but be more aggressive in the market. We've obviously had to, you know, look at what markets have been available to us at what times. Um, so we've upped, upweighted up weighted all of our domestic activity, um, but we've stuck to our strategy in positioning Tasmania as different. Um, and as you know, I've been involved in a lot of national conversations and um, a, a lot of the states have gone very tactical. I mean, if you look at things like good to go in Queensland, et cetera, they're all about trying to get people to move and commit uh, uh, in a hurry. And we were pretty determined not to fall into the trap of getting tactical and abandoning our really strong positioning in the market, but let's invest more both and we've invested in Tasmania, as you know, for the first mm-hmm. time in the last sort of eighteen months. We've we're in the Tasmanian market with the make yourself at home campaign. We've stuck to our come down for air campaigns in the interstate market. We've introduced the new off season campaign for winter. So we've remained very strategic, but we've up upweighted our activities in the core domestic markets. And the other thing that's happened is we've we've focused with the airlines on getting those flights in yeah. directly from those major uh, major markets, uh, and we've seen you know, you know increased du- direct services from Brisbane, Perth, Adelaide, and Canberra, and so we're now sort of upweighting in those markets to get people on those direct flights. So really, it's been about sticking to our strategy, but upweighting our competitive activity in the market.
1: So if you took the long lens, and we we're sitting here at the end of July 2020, and we had a, an outlook of where we'd be at this time of year, how do you rate? The recovery or i guess the that it's you know if it's not a recovery the continuing movement through disruptions and and uncertainty that we've had to deal with how would you give us a score
0: again the short answer is better than expected yeah um you know we're lucky as, as you and i both know we're part of the the t21 recovery focus um and and we're lucky we always sort of Uh, bless ourselves don't we that we've got the mechanisms in place so we don't have to construct these sort of processes they're already in place and that enabled us to kind of move quickly Um, but but interestingly you and I are part of those processes and part of that was predicting where we Mm. thought we'd be at this time and of course uh, whilst we've struggled during periods of border closure for sure um, generally our performance has been quite amazing to be honest and you know uh, march april may were all record expenditure months this year june indicatively is looking strong in terms of expenditure as well and tasmanians took a record 500,000 trips in the march quarter mm. this year so we've never exceeded 400,000 and and they, did, they took 500,000 trips so generally it's been you know much better than expected so But as you and I also know, some sections are not going well. So the touring market and anyone highly exposed to international has struggled. You know, it's difficult to mention names, but I I was having a beer with Greg Price the other day and uh, you can imagine how he feels with it. You know, a lot of people around him talking about how well the domestic market is performing, particularly if you're in the accommodation or experiences sector. But of course, as we know, those tour operators aren't are probably struggling more than ever. So, it is a bit lumpy, but overall, much better than expected. Signs remain strong for us as long as we can keep most of those major markets open.
1: So, and I guess that's that's the other element to it, of course. We're we we we're saying this and we were having this conversation four weeks ago um, and we were all kind of acknowledging that. Yeah, the, everything you've said is exactly right. We're way ahead of where we thought the required run rate would be. We had some sectors that are obviously completely in the, the starting block still um, and obviously the tour operators being the key one. Four weeks ago, we were we were feeling very good about things and then suddenly this uh, Delta strain hits uh, the country of a, of a two by four and, and we're sitting here today. New South Wales is indefinitely locked down. Victoria is come out of lockdown, but still got the border restrictions. Hopefully they get lifted and, and South Australia's just come out. So it is it is completely and utterly uncertain still that we, we're trying to navigate through, you know, the signs are strong, but the things that are beyond our control, isn't there?
0: There are. And there's no doubt we're now impacted in July. We're going to be impacted in August. Um, if if we can get Victoria back up and running again, um, you know, we'll have South Australia again. Yes, yeah, Sydney's a longer term proposition, um anecdotally i mean this may not be the case across all the industry but um i am hearing that you know people are not necessarily all cancelling um that they are kind of just delaying travel um i was in far north queensland uh, last week had a bit of a break myself managed to sneak mm-hmm. out and back in um amongst all the border closures and they were telling me up there that about 80 percent of their business is just canceling. Yeah. Uh, whereas I don't think we're seeing that we're seeing delayed travel and it might mean that our our sort of winter our end of winter stuff may not materialize but if we can get borders open again in the springtime then then i think um, you know I think we will see strong demand from spring and into summer.
1: This, um, this point about last-minute booking, do you see, I see that potentially as a, an enduring shift of market behaviour, potentially in domestic markets. I can't see that changing. You've been, I mean, you've been around tourism a lot longer than I have. Do you, do you see that as a at least medium-term thing that we need to plan for, that people will be choosing to travel more opportunistically or last-minute and perhaps the days of booking the six-month holiday might not be quite as much, or do you think it will correct itself?
0: Listen, I think it, you know some of the market will correct over time, but it really does depend on what happens with the pandemic. You know, because we've now got Delta strain. You know, I was thinking about what does the future look like, and yeah, for the rest of this year. And whilst I think we're in a positive position in Tassie, if we, if we, uh, we've got to get the country vaccinated, and whatever happens with Delta strain is going to be really sort of pivotal to what that future looks like so i think it'll remain short term you know immediately and and listen some some of that will structurally definitely stay with us but I still think down the track you'll get people who do want to plan some of those bigger holidays um, further out, but I can't see that anytime soon.
1: Anytime soon. And obviously, the I don't think I don't match the details you're across, but the government's response to these latest round of disruptions is another round of vouchers, which we certainly welcomed. Um, What's what's your thoughts or understanding? Um, again, we we're all probably waited on bated breath for some of the details about how that's going to be rolled out. But your thoughts on that, and, and the role that Tourism Tas might play in promoting those, or messages to operators about how they should be leveraging it?
0: Yeah, I think um, we have seen some of the operators come out and leverage it already. But I think um, you know that'll no doubt help stimulate traffic over over the next sort of two months and that's what the premier's done he's he's aiming to get people moving so i think we'll see details of that scheme come out either later this week or early next week we've already moved um to if you like uh, our off-season campaign is is in market already at the moment in tasmania we're about halfway through that campaign period so we're going to up weight that we'll probably spend another hundred and fifty thousand in the local market to support that and we're probably just going to sharpen the call to action messages around that off-season yeah. campaign so we'll still stick with the theme of the off- off-season but it'll be about uh, the messaging from next week Luke will be about getting out and supporting our industry so we're just going to sharpen the messaging and upweight our our campaign activity, and that will incorporate uh, probably from next week messages about the voucher system, and that design, I think, is ongoing this week, so we should hear more soon.
1: Oh, good stuff. And uh, book direct? Is that going to be one of the messages?
0: Um, Well, I think it's, um, you know, people will use booking methods that they choose, but But obviously, I think Tasmanians have learned um, how to travel more and more in Tassie in the last 12 months. So, yes, it will be go out and support your operators. And, you know, if you can do that directly, that's even better. Okay.
1: So we get the vouchers for the next few weeks. Uh, Fingers crossed, touch every piece of wood that Victoria opens sooner than later. We juggle through and hopefully see some recovery in spring. But we certainly expectations are that we will have a strong summer. Do Do you concur with that? Your, your- I do,
0: and yeah, I think, Luke, if if we look at where we are and where we thought we might be, um, you know, we thought, thought we might be at sort of 50% or something like that and, you know, whereas the truth is we're we're sort of well above that in terms of spend and even visitation in numbers is coming back quite strongly so, and as you know, we've got sort of challenges across the state in, in even meeting the demand with workforce challenges, etc so I think summer will be super strong. Um, obviously, we'd love all markets to be open um, at, at all times. But I think as long as we can keep um, most of our major markets open, then I think we'll have a, a really strong period into summer. And of course, we're hoping to get some of our summer events back this year yeah. to give us that, you know, broad, rich experience that everyone loves in the Tassie summer. So, um, I think if we can get that up and running and we can keep the flights in place and all, all the signs are pretty good there and uh, borders open, if not all of them, most of them, then I think we're in for a, a pretty strong summer.
1: And consumer confidence as the vaccination rates kick up and hopefully uh, people start feeling a bit more positive about travel um, once, once they start to see Yeah, that, I think that's right. I think confidence
0: has been shot a little bit in the short term, um, but it'll be interesting if we can get Melbourne back online It will be fascinating what they do in the short term. Um, They will be, I would suspect, sort of desperate to get out. But (laughs) I have an inkling Tassie might be a beneficiary of that because will they want to travel too far or do they just want to get out and have something different? And given we're so close to Victoria, you know, we might actually benefit even more than, say, uh, you know, North Queensland and Queensland might at the moment. It's difficult well, to predict, isn't it? But well, it's um, funny anecdotally. sense, we might be a beneficiary.
1: Anecdotally, just yesterday, as you know, we've got the conference coming up in a couple of weeks, and uh, I spoke to the four or five Victorian speakers yesterday. I made a point of just understanding where they're at, assuming that borders will be open, and... You know, if they feel any risk about coming down, and um, they didn't need any encouragement, they're happy to take the risk. They are very keen to get down to Tassie and um, get out of, and um, I think uh, visit another part of the world. So, um, if that's a bit of a sign of these Victorians have been cooped oh, up for a long is, time, I think it is. I mean, yeah.
0: you, you think of the experience they've had; it's been terrible, yeah. um, and the freedoms that we've had down here. So, um, so I suspect you're right, and, and as I said, given that we're really close to them, they can sort of sneak down to Tassie really quickly and effectively. So, let's let's hope that is what's happening.
1: All right. So, uh, just a couple of other specifics. Um, New Zealand, uh, obviously, the travel bubble's been suspended, but from your perspective, you know, you've been investing a lot of energy, a lot of resources. There's a, the trade mission planned, which I hopefully will, will still continue. Um, where's your long view lens on the New Zealand strategy and the direct flights and building that out?
0: Yeah, I'm really confident, Luke, in... in I've always been confident in the New Zealand proposition. Um, you know, we are sort of same but different, I think, and... Um, All our research shows that there is a market for us in New Zealand. Um, There was strong interest from the market um, before the bubbles just closed. I think you you were on radio uh, talking about the flights in the last couple of days. And as you and I both know, they were performing really well. Um, Frequency is planned to increase into the summertime. So it is a long-term play for us. but we're really confident in that market. And it's all part of our sort of strategy, our aviation play as well, to, to, to give Tasmania great connectivity, not just to New Zealand, but if you think about the proposition over time, we'll be, we'll be one stop over Auckland to you know, major cities in North America like Los Angeles and New York. Um, you know, imagine getting on a plane in Hobart and you know, having one stop to New York and yeah. vice versa, the market coming back to us. Tasmanians will have access to New Zealand's island nations um, in the South Pacific Fiji and the Cook Islands etc so so part of our strategy is to create that co- connectivity through not just into the market but um, you know we're really we're really confident New Zealand market as you mentioned the mission which at this stage is planned for the 26th of September although, We'll probably have to revisit the timing, but there's certainly no inclination that we cancel that. It's just a matter of what's the best time to go, and our expression of interest has gone out to industry, and we've got really super strong interest. So, um, industry's keen, we're keen, and um, you know we think the market's going to be strong well into the future.
1: One One thing I'm interested in your thoughts on, this suggestion that there's pent-up demand from Australians to head overseas when they can. There will be a generation, essentially, of potentially three or four years of, of Australians who uh, will seize that opportunity, whether it's the retirees or or the younger people who, you know, the, and obviously a lot of cheap deals in the market. We expect when some of these international borders. Do you see that as a risk for us, or do you see it as a will be a net cancellation out with some of the in, inbound, or how, how do you think we position ourselves around that?
0: I think we'll be okay, Luke. I I, I don't think it's going to be a mass exodus quite frankly i think th- this pandemic has sort of fundamentally changed things really and yes there will be pent-up demand and there will be early travelers as there always are um but i think there'll also be people that you know won't uh, want to rush off to travel and they'll still be looking for aussie destinations and i think also you mentioned the inbound i think tasmania is really well placed in the inbound market whatever that might look like um I think we've got to face the prospect that, you know, overall the volume of Australia's tourism market might be smaller, mm. and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Um, and as you know, it only represented sort of up to about 20% of our total market, but I think islands like Tasmania are incredibly well placed in in, um, in the new global environment. I think people will want to come to places that are special, that are committed to sustainability, etc. So So... Um, you know I'm not sitting here panicking about what happens when international borders open because I think, yes, of course, there'll be some leakage, but but I don't think structurally it's a problem for us in the long term at all. I think we're very well placed.
1: That's a good anecdote and on to the probably last point I wanted to pick your brain about was uh, there's obviously a lot of conversations happening nationally that you're involved in. I'm involved in about the the national long-term reimagining visitor economy. Plan or whatever the latest buzzword for the national tourism strategy is, and and also at a local level, we're obviously heavily progressing some of the the long term aspirations we've set around, particularly the carbon neutrality. Where's your thoughts out on, I guess, the, the outlook for probably Australian tourism over the next you know five to ten years? You mentioned perhaps we we will have a different market split, and then in that, what are the things that we need to absolutely fundamentally get right now to set Tasmania up for that? for a piece of that pie?
0: Well, I think Tassie's, I think we're well-placed and I think we're focused on on what that looks like. Um, You know, we've committed to carbon neutrality by 2025. I think that's a fabulous play on our part. I I reckon the climate agenda will be stronger than ever. Um, You know, it still is, but let's face it, the pandemic crisis has really taken everyone's focus Um, and once this either passes or it becomes the norm i think that the climate agenda will be bigger than ever Um, generationally as we know as the generations move through sustainable and responsible travel will just be the norm and i think Mm. we're incredibly well placed i would like to i'm encouraging that at the national level through the conversations i'm having with the 2030 strategy I think Australia should think differently about our tourism future. I think it should be smaller. I think it should be more premium. I think we should be focused on experience development over the next decade, renewal of some of those mature destinations that have probably been volume-based at this point in time. Mm. So I'd encourage Australia to go down that path. I must admit, I would buddy up with New Zealand if I was running the nation, and I would position us as – as the most sustainable and responsible uh, destination in the southern in the south pacific and um so if australia doesn't do that luke though i don't think i don't think we have a challenge there because in my view that's where tasmania is going so we can own that space in australia i'd love to see australia own that space um globally and i think we've got a decade of reform in front of us to achieve that but um, if the nation doesn't quite achieve it, I still remain incredibly confident that Tassie can and uh, we're already on that journey. So I think experienced de- development, commitment to sustainable and responsible tourism, engagement of Tasmania's Aboriginal peoples in our sector, I think should be our focus over the next five to 10 years. And I, I think we'll be incredible winners on the global stage if we can make those commitments real.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Look, um, look. thanks for checking in with us. We've covered a lot in a very quick period of time. Uh, anything else you particularly want to just get the message out to the industry as we're talking, or is there anything we've missed that you really want to get out? Or I
0: don't think there's anything we've missed other than I, you know, I've, I have i have travelled around the, the state in the last couple of months talking directly with industry. And, Luke, um, the experience you and I had in Queenstown was pretty remarkable, wasn't it? It was you extraordinary. You you think about the time we've both spent in Tasmania's regions, talking to, to talking to the industry and and just witnessing that positivity and confidence in the sector in the west of Tasmania was something I hadn't experienced in the eight and a half years I've been in this role. So, I think, notwithstanding all of us aren't doing uh, as well as you know all of us are, but um, I think we should all be really confident in Tasmania's future. I think the decade ahead for us is. Is super strong so my message to industry is you know whatever your situation currently and I hope uh, you're getting through that and some people as we know are doing very well I think um, hang in there because the future is bright let's get this Country vaccinated and get us, um, you know, moving again because I think Tassie's going to, you know, really benefit. And it's been wonderful dealing with the industry in the last few months and just seeing some of that confidence coming through.
1: I, I still try and pinch myself about the fact we're in Queenstown in the first week of July and the restaurant was full, bursting. Yeah, it's <laughs> it was amazing. extraordinary. Anyway, it was great, a great event. It was, it was great a great event, event. and
0: it was, so um, more of those. I think in terms of the industry coming together. Looking forward to to your your conference and perhaps we can we can talk about some of those big issues and how Tasmania is going to progress them um, when we talk to the industry through your conference coming up.
1: 18, 19 um, August in Launceston. Registration still available. Uh, all right, John, <laughs> <laughs> we are finishing these Talking Tourism podcasts uh, now in a very traditional way to try and get uh, uh, show another side of some of our well-known Tasmanian identities. So this is the Talking Tourism podcast rapid-fire seven questions. I did send them through, so let's get cracking into
0: them. Give it a bit of thought, but some of them are (laughs) tricky.
1: Some of them are a little (laughs) little bit political, John. So, I do do Uh, urge caution, particularly with this first question. John Fitzgerald, (laughs) favourite spot in Tasmania and why? Uh,
0: It's like asking about the favourite child, isn't it? Um, (laughs) Listen, when I thought about the answer to that, I thought, you know what? Your Tassie tourism towns uh, pretty much got it right. I mean, I I'm a big fan of Stanley. Um, it is one of the most beautiful parts of Tassie, uh, although I'm just as comfortable standing in the public bar of the Stanley Hotel as I am on top of the nut. Yeah, uh, yeah so I thank you, Tassie Tourism Towns. I thought, as an established destination, I love Stanley, I have to be honest. And I really see uh, a strong tourism future for new norfolk um i'm actually a bit excited about that i think the upper reaches of the derwent are such an opportunity for us just 40 minutes out of hobart so i watch this space i'm really confident about it as a destination
1: excellent favorite travel destination anywhere in the world
0: Listen, uh, the thing that comes immediately to my mind is Switzerland and particularly the south. I think swimming in Lake Lugano a couple of years ago was one of the special experiences with my family and um, I can't wait to get back to to Switzerland. So um, that's that's my response to that one.
1: Someone coming to Tasmania for the very first time in their lives asks you what's the one thing they absolutely must experience while they're here.
0: What do you tell them? Okay. Well, daytime. I think it's a no-brainer. It's got, you've got to have you've got to go to the Salamanca Market. Everyone has to have that experience, and a bit of a curveball. Nighttime, Pablo's Cocktails and Dreams. Luke, yeah. have you been there?
1: <laughs> I have been there once. I think yeah, no, <laughs> it was yeah. I have heard you mention that a couple of times. It is obviously your, your establishment. Of it's choice. a little bit
0: of a. It's it's the end of the the Hobart pub crawl that I recommend to my visitors. <laughs> okay.
1: All right, and start the night out at the customs or at... Um, at um, That's right, or we'll preachers. So, yeah, preachers. All right, uh, you're walking the overland track for five days with three other people. Anyone in the world? Famous, not so famous, living or dead? Who and Why?
0: Oh, listen, that's tough. And I, I don't like these celebrity party type conversations. <laughs> but uh, listen, probably my best mate, Dave Macarthur, who uh, is an Aussie but lives in the UK and I don't see enough of him. He's one of the funniest people on the planet. Um, so I'd like a bit of humour. The other one that's current that I'm really enjoying at the moment is Melanie Bracewall, who's the New Zealand comedian that often um, does a Jacinda Ardern impression. Oh, yeah, and she's yes. hysterical. I it's like it's her itch. and she'd be great fun. Yeah. And I think the third would be someone like Bernard Fanning and get him to bring his guitar uh, so at night, we can sit around and uh, play a few tunes and sing a few songs. So um, that's my current list.
1: Oh, Bernard Fanning, I've, uh, that would make a great soundtrack for, uh, for the, the, um, the mighty Central Highlands. Absolutely. You're road tripping around Tasmania. You're doing a lot of that at the moment. Um, what are you listening to in the car? Music, podcast, any recommendation?
0: Always music. Um, my playlists are uh, largely the 70s. I was born in the mid 60s. So, certainly the 70s, you know, Eagles, Fleetwood Mac, oh, yeah. Rolling Stones, New um, into the 80s, Bruce Springsteen, um, and a little bit of, of modern stuff thrown in. I, I try to listen to my, I've got two adult young adult daughters so I try and sort of take a bit of a lead from them as to what they're currently listening to but I'm afraid I'm a victim of the 70s yeah
1: good good era I can safe safe era aging well era Uh, that music period of music yes uh when you arrive at your destination I gather it's a uh, it's either a cider or a, a cocktail what's your tipple of choice Tasmanian tipple of choice
0: uh I'm definitely a cold beer man um I love the Hobart Brewing Company stuff, yeah. uh, or a Willie Smith's Organic. It's still one of my favourites, and uh, then always, always finish the night with a Tassie whiskey. All right.
1: Beautiful. And the last big one, the controversial one, and I know you're going to have – I know your answer to this one already, because we've all we'll seen the TV ad. The big debate, curried Tasmanian scallops, a culinary delight or a culinary crime?
0: <laughs> oh, that's so bad. <laughs> um, i tell you what I'm going to say, culinary genius. Genius. Um, culinary genius i mean when you think about it only could happen in tassie i mean the plentiful scallops that we have which are outstanding we would,
1: with curry powder
0: i wouldn't <laughs> ordinarily do that but i can understand needs a bit of heat to keep warm the cockles of our hearts so i can see how tasmanians went down that path so culinary genius but uh, and as you know we used it in one of our ads which was fantastic and it is an icon of tassie but Oh, uh, it's not really my delight, but I couldn't call it a crime either.
1: All right, excellent, John Fitzgerald. Thank you very much for joining us on this episode of Talking Tourism. Uh, we'll get this one out very live. We're recording this on Wednesday, and I expect we'll get it out to Wednesday night. So it's coming to yeah. you from from directly from the day it's recorded. Uh, if you are listening to Talking Tourism, remember to subscribe to hear more about the episodes we are going to be releasing every couple of weeks, including we will have a series of episodes from the Tourism Conference featuring all the speakers for anyone who's not able to make it to Launceston in mid-August. Also remember to tell your friends, uh, tourism colleagues to check out the podcasts, uh, Talking Tourism, initiative of Tourism Industry Council Tasmania. Uh, I'm your host, Luke Martin. We'll catch up next time.
0: You've been listening to Talking Tourism, brought to you by Tourism Industry Council Tasmania. For show notes, other materials and episodes, head to tict.com.au. Be sure to come back every fortnight for a new instalment of Talking Tourism.